You've tuned in to Columbia Calling, your first stop for everything you want to know about Columbia. How and where to invest, where to visit. From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle, Columbia has a slice of everything. Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering. Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier, Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia. It's that time of the week again, folks. This is me, your host, Richard McCall, here in Bogota, Colombia, 2,600 meters closer to the stars. And this is episode 442 of the Colombia Calling podcast. This week's guest is coming on the show for the third time, and it's also his third time lucky. He made it across the Darien jungle. So we are going to transport you from wherever you are today to these impenetrable, well, not so much anymore, these impenetrable jungles that connect South America with Central America. And we'll be talking to Daniel Eggington from Birmingham in the UK and how he crossed the Pacific side of the Darien Gap. So very different to the Caribbean side where the long-suffering migrants from all over the world are making it to Colombia and then doing this arduous and very, very uh, difficult and often deathly trek up to Panama and then hoping to go from there up to the United States. So Daniel explains to us how he did it and I urge you all not to do this and of course he shares the challenges which he faced on the way and these are by no small means light. Uh, Please 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 support our sponsors as they support us. So the Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. And this episode is also brought to you by BNB Columbia Tours, experts in custom-made travel throughout Colombia. The team at BNB Columbia Tours can provide you with fantastic private experiences, creating wonderful memories of Colombia for a lifetime. So check out their website at bnbcolombia.com. Complete the free itinerary form and tell them that Columbia Calling sent you to receive a further 5% off their already great prices. If you can't find that website, just do columbiacalling.co and there is one of their website forms and you can just fill it out there on our website, columbiacalling.co. That's .co. So please, and also think about supporting us on patreon.com. Make myself and Emily Hart with the news brief very happy indeed. It would be great to make this more uh, sustainable as a podcast, 442 episodes in. So now over to Emily with the news, and then we'll be back with Daniel Eggington telling us the warts and all of his trek up the Pacific side of the Darien Gap through the jungles to Panama. So don't go away. Great episode in the pipeline. I'm Emily Hart, and these are your top stories for the week of Monday, 26th of September, 2022. President Gustavo Petro has taken another step towards his policy aim of total peace, 
announcing that a multilateral ceasefire will soon be initiated between the state and all groups willing to negotiate agreements, of which there are reportedly at least 22, including guerrilla, dissident FARC, groups of paramilitary origin and drug trafficking gangs. The ceasefire will be complicated by the need for verification mechanisms to track compliance and violence, as well as the ongoing debate around the form in which armed groups will submit to Colombian justice. In the midst of this, the leader of a FARC dissident group who had been declared dead earlier this year by former President Iván Duque has reappeared. Nestor Gregorio Vera, also known as Iván Mordisco, appeared in a video declaring his willingness to participate in peace talks. Meanwhile, Colombia has now seen 80 massacres this year. The latest was in Puerto Lleras in the department of Meta, with four men between the ages of 25 and 30 murdered in a remote rural area. Petro's former rival for the presidency, Rodolfo Hernández, resigned from the Senate this week supposedly planning to seek governorship of his native Santander department or a second mayorship of its capital, Bucaramanga. Hernández said that his presence in the Senate is like having Lionel Messi as goalkeeper, considering himself a man of executive action rather than debate. He spent two months as senator and his seat will not be filled in his absence. Hernández was one of the most voted candidates in the history of Colombia, with 10 million votes in June's presidential runoff. The new government's agrarian reform has kicked off with a huge titling of land. Around 700,000 hectares have been titled to campesinos, indigenous people and Afro-Colombians across 19 departments. Through formalisation of legal ownership, farmers and landowners will have access to state benefits, for example income generation projects and support to make lands more productive. Formalisation of ownership was also a goal set in the 2016 peace agreement with the FARC. Around 2 million hectares have been titled since the signing of that agreement, but the goal is 10 million. 7 million to be formalised and 3 million new hectares to be handed over. The latter 3 million will require the state to buy and deliver them. Formalisation of land titles is also aimed at avoiding land invasions, though this month's wave of invasions continues – There have now been 108 occupations of land, according to Ombudsman Carlos Camargo. More than a third of those are in Cauca. Camargo says there are two main causes for these invasions. Campesino farmers who do not have access to land and ethnic communities claiming their ancestral territory. However, he also cited cases which have links to criminal groups, saying that at least 13 are linked with illegal armed structures. In Colombia, just 0.4% of the population owns 46% of rural land. Meanwhile, Petro gave his first speech at the United Nations General Assembly. He focused on deforestation, unrestrained capitalism and fossil fuel extraction and the wars in their name, reiterating the failure of the war on drugs, which in the 40 years since its inception under US President Richard Nixon has left millions of people dead across Latin America, with no major successes. The president then travelled to the border city of Cúcuta for the reopening of the commercial border between Colombia and Venezuela. Commercial flights will start in October and private vehicles will not yet be able to pass through. 
The closure of the border was, as Petro put it, a suicide which should not be repeated. This comes as part of a warming of relations after a total break in diplomacy under former President Ivan Duque. Petro has also asked Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro to return to the Inter-American Court of Human Rights, which Venezuela left in 2013 under Hugo Chavez. The first mass mobilizations against the new government, particularly the tax, health and political forms which have so far been proposed, took to the streets in cities across the country on the morning of the 26th of September. Observers calculate around 5,000 people in Bogotá, though Medellín has been reported as the epicentre of the movement. Those were your top stories for this week. Thanks for listening. And we're back. This is Colombia calling. I'm Richard McColl here in Bogota, Colombia, 2,600 meters close to the stars. And if you are a regular listener to the Columbia Calling podcast, our next guest will need no introduction. He's been on twice before. His name's Daniel Eggington. He's now a, officially an adventurer. Uh, I'm going to let him say what he's done. But those of you who follow me, who follow what we've been putting up online, will know what he's done. But it's kind of incredible. Certainly foolhardy, but he did it. Daniel, welcome back on the show. Thanks for having me back again. <laughs> I'm, you know, I am relieved. You know, when I got the message earlier this year saying, all right, this is it. I'm going back to cross the western side of the Darien Gap, the Darien jungle. I was like, oh God, he's gonna get turned back for the third time. <laughs> so the twice you've been on before have been sort of pre- well, attempts, <laughs> and now yeah. this time you actually made it. So what happened this time that meant you could trek through the, the, the western side of the Darien? I think it was um, the build-up of me linking, networking with people, so many trips back and forward. Some people got to recognise my face. I worked with um, two people regularly on the Colombian side and there was one person on the Panama Panamanian side mm -hmm. and I was always in contact with them, telling my plans. But I think it was just point blank, not telling the, the authorities this time. I just literally got there, got into a hotel. Uh, well, say hotel in Harad, it's a person's <laughs> house and they just rent their room. And I literally just stayed there, went out for food in the evening, went back, contacted the local fixer, so to speak. And I was like, what's happening? What's happening? We need to meet to talk properly to have a conversation i said okay in the evening meet me at the beach so in the evening i went to the beach and i explained what i've explained to him in the past i want to cross over the darien he's saying exactly what every other person has said you can't do it it's dangerous you'll get kidnapped people are in charge they're not very nice and i said i understand all of that and i've been here i've been to colombia five times now doing recce trips and panama four times now and he's like i understand what he's saying but it's the groups are in charge and my first question to him on our first meeting what groups in charge because all the outside sources one rock now even risk analysis and um top people who work in colombia have always told me it's eln um eln's in charge eln is in charge and i'm like um so i've asked him directly he's like no it's 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 the gut it's the clan it's the clan so i'm thinking the worst group you can probably come across in colombia after all the drama that happened in the last 12 months with the and I was like, oh, this is going to be another failure. And he said, it's, it's going to end up in 
tragedy. People are going to be looking for you. And I said, I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll pay whoever I need to. I'll meet people. I'll follow all the rules. He's like, okay, okay, you sure? I can give you a different option. He said, I can get you to Cocolito on the boat and you can explore Cocolito. My brother lives in Cocolito. It's very nice. And I said, I don't doubt it. It's beautiful. But my aim is to start in Horado and end in Hake, crossing over the border, overland. He's like, okay, okay, wait, wait for me, wait for me. And I went back to my hotel texting him what's happening whenever the signal worked saying any news any news probably six seven times a day and he, re- he replied probably two or three times but he was working on my behalf and it came out he said okay and it just next day came the next day came and it was five days of waiting in Harada altogether wow it, that's what i mean incredible so you but the fixer came through in the end you obviously yeah. had to pay him some money i imagine it's yeah. quite a lot because he had to then probably pay others yeah yeah, I I got in touch with I assume you know Carlos Villalon. Um, yes, yes. And I was in contact with him, expecting him to tell me what kind of rough prices would expected, and he did help me out quite a lot. He said he'll get in touch with people on the east side to then try and get in touch with people who are in charge on the Pacific side, and that didn't really work because in the groups are working and they're not very easily contactable. Um, he I then asked him what kind of thing do you expect of the like the fee, so to speak. And he's like, gave me a rough idea what he's paid in the past, but he said it's very, it's alien to him or it's foreign to him because he's not been to the Pacific side, he's not familiar with them. And I said, oh, I'm expecting maybe $500. So I was like, I've got that on me, it's not an issue. And then when it finally came through, it was 1200 I was like, oh. And it kind of made my heart drop because each time in Harada, like the previous time, I've only had enough money to then return or to continue over Panama or go back to Bayer Solano. And I literally had only enough $1,200 equivalent in pesos, which is, um, I don't know, about three, oh, how much is it? So 2.4 million, I don't know, about 3 million maybe. Yeah, it's around that. Um, and I ended up literally having that, and I had then dollars on me, and I wanted to look after the guy who helped me out. Um, then I gave him $100 in like, as in like the only part of the US dollars that I had to then help me out in Panama. Yeah, it, it made my heart sink a little bit with the fee, but I had it exactly, exactly. But and I said I've got to do it now. So I said now or never, so to speak. So let's let's wind right back to the beginning for our new listeners because we have had yeah. a, an upturn. Why, why did this plan of crossing the Pacific side of the Darien Gap, uh, you know, what where did it come from? Because the thing is, you know, people have done the other side. And yeah. of, of course, we read almost daily about this, this absolutely atrocious trek migrants trying to get to the US, uh, USA do and uh, the deaths and so on. And of course, the Pacific side is not a trekked one. You didn't see any migrants, I don't imagine. Uh, or did you? No, no. no. And so no, no, where, where did it nothing. come from, this desire? I think back in the back in I'm say I'd like to say 2015, I watched a film literally called The Darien because I was always interested in travel and weird and wonderful, most unknown places, um, documentaries, films. I probably read every book on the Darien, watched every documentary on the Darien, keep up to date on the Darien. And I watched that film and it was a bit dramatized, so to speak. Um, but I then started thinking, oh, what a unique place. So I started researching from way back then. And then I realized nobody, because the initial plan was to cross from the Panama down into Colombia. That was the initial plan, as in like the film did it. And once getting there, um, getting permission off center front, 
um, it didn't really come to fruition, so to speak. So then it was back to the drawing board. But the Pacific side was the place I had to cross because there's no there's no record, there's no record of it, there's no um, account, so to speak, of people doing it. And so I put everything I could in my research and money in the last six years, seven years, going there, getting in touch with people, buying maps which were outdated. Um, yeah, so yeah. That's so I mean, it was it, it was the deal. Is that you just you just had to do it? I mean, there was no way yeah. around it because uh-huh. the last time we talked, the the second one, I spent yeah, I spent about 35, 40 minutes just telling you not to do it, yeah. <laughs> it through different manners, and and I got yeah. a lot of emails from from listeners just saying, I, 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 they were saying like we tried to count how many times and how many different ways uh, you told him not to do it, and I was actually yeah. kind of relieved that you were sent back by the military. Mm-hmm. But this time went through, and I suppose it's because you paid the money and you had the right fixes. So. You prepared for this by doing, and we, we know this, you, you're up there and I think the Brecon Beacons and you're up there, yeah. you know, hiking, but there's nothing quite like the Darien jungle. Tell us about this trek. I think the preparation, what I was doing, Brecon, Peak District, Snowden, wherever I was closer to we work here in the UK, um, I would, I'd be doing 10 miles with full rucksack on and now doing that and I'm doing hill reps and that's, I would copy army training and what they would be doing in the mm-hmm. UK and I would literally just do hill reps. So, my, But I would do 10 miles. I wouldn't do more than 10 miles in Brecon because my aim was to do five to seven in mm-hmm. when I'm in the Darien because it was just going to be so hard. But if I could go back and train, I would train on walking up rivers. The hardest thing, walking up rivers against the current and then climbing 700 meters, that was that literally in took it put me in bits. But yeah, walking up rivers that would be the next. If if I was to prep again, it would be. And and the yeah. rivers. I mean, these rivers that you encountered there in the Darien. I mean, were they were they full rivers? It was raining, and and how high was the water up in your body? We had seven full river crossings in what we had to do in um, the first two days, and that was it was the major rivers after that but um we had to stop on the first night because the river was just swollen and he's like there's no chance and i've got like video and pictures of it and me recording how powerful the river is and it's just chucking down a rain i was like i agree with him and it's just it's it it would be it would be a death sentence trying to cross certain rivers certain times of the day when it's certain level and that's i think local knowledge and preparation it, it 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 builds you up to it it's interesting you say about the river walking against the current, uh-huh. yeah, and it's rainy season. It is the rain for it means the mm-hmm. jungle, and then you said the climbing. Was, I mean, to me, seven hundred meters doesn't sound like a lot, but it was mud and jungle. I yeah. mean, what, just lots of yeah. mud. I imagine it was yeah, it was just dense. And the one with the first climb, which wasn't even the big climb, and it was just chucking down a rain, um, and, and it's just a it's just a river really, and it's like water's probably up to your ankles whilst you climb up the river. So I cut myself like a little stick and I had like three points of contact every every single time. That was, it was terrible. My legs were just spasming in, spasming. It's simply just because of the the, the effort that I was putting in. And, uh, and it was, it was gnarly, man. <laughs> it was gnarly. Now, I, I, and so let's, let's get some of the basic facts from where you left in, in Jurado to get up to Hake in Panama, how far is it in sort of miles or kilometers and how many days we did, did it take? I did a, I, 
I aimed the route from what I was mapping at about 65 miles I was expecting to do if I followed my route exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's from bird's eye imaging and that's from the knowledge and the map. Mm. But once you're on the ground, you don't account for the reverse, you don't account for the climbing, you don't account for the deadfall, you don't account for any of any of that. Um, but it was first it was just first of all we had to catch a boat to a community that would look after us because there was six community indian communities mm-hmm. that wouldn't even touch us because it was such as in like the group is going to cause trouble from them with the groups and it was only one um, i forgot the name of the village i have written it down um san teresa or something like that and it was they were the only ones that said yeah we'll we'll do it if if you pay us and that mm-hmm. was i think that's what added up the the funds <laughs> they paid them and yeah. then how many days was the crossing so the boat was just one day and the full thing was four four days as in three days walking and one day on the boat and i i expected to be more than that i planned for more than that but it was just a sheer pace the guide set he was mm. doing 15 miles the first day and i did and it was just he set the way he set the pace because he's so familiar with it mm. and he was just up and down, up and down. And I've got videos of that, me saying he's just set pace and I've, I've gained his respect. And then an hour later, I'm like, no, I don't have no respect for me no more. <laughs> but it was just, it was, and it was like 15 miles. So it, then it worked out to about, I think we ended up doing about 50 miles. And that was the full cross, the full wow. crossing on the Pacific side. And, and, and now this, this, this one, it's an indigenous town allowed you yeah. to be be there six yeah. didn't i mean that's a, that's an amazing uh fact in itself um did you come into contact with any of the clan del golfo within two people walking back it was all in wellies and it was assumed the one had you i mean it's easy enough to carry guns in that part of colombia anyway and and the one did have a gun in his waist back and he was looking at me and laughing at me because I'm on the size of my rucksack mm. and I just didn't even, I didn't have, a, I didn't engage in a conversation. I've got, I've got footage of the guide because this was on the first day coming back into Colombia. They was as they've obviously just passed truck traffic, took something over, took someone over and they've came back on themselves. He had a brief conversation, but I didn't even, I didn't even stop five minutes. So I just carried on mm. and they just laughed at me and telling me such a, a large bag I've got. <laughs> do, do you think that he laughed at you because he thought you weren't going to make it because of that big bag? Yeah. The, the loma they call them lomas and i didn't know what a loma was and yeah. in, with my spanish it's climbs or upwards or higher than yeah. ground level and he's like the next loma proxima loma is 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 very difficult i'm like okay 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 <laughs> so you know but at no point did you feel then when you passed this guy with a gun in his belt or whatever you didn't feel threatened at any point no not from their behavior but i think being like i say i I've been I've experienced certain things like that anyway within Colombia. You can see people carrying guns and it's never been an aggressive thing. It's just I think it's a cultural thing because it's such an issue at that mm-hmm. part of Colombia. Um but, but no, like I never felt threatened by them. Um they never even had a conversation with me. And I just like I said, they, they weren't in camouflage or in No, uh, they was in wellies, Wellington boots, and that was um, a big quiz on the end, like I said. They will get that with the center front telling me what certain people wear and yeah. and um well yeah and well the gor- assumed the, it was cool yeah the gorillas normally wear the wellington boots they're the yeah. ones known for it so and yeah, yeah but they laughed at you which i would take <laughs> i would take that as positive you know <laughs> they don't see you as a threat <laughs> yeah. um and so 
you know, I've seen some of the footage. I've seen some of the clips you put on, I think, Instagram and on Twitter, and it's pretty, or on Facebook, it, it's it's pretty hardcore. I'm not going to lie. I, and there's one, there's one. I guess it's in the rain. You might be crossing a river in the rain, or it might have been at yeah. night. Ah, no, it's it, it's at night or the afternoon in the rain, and you're just going. Yeah. It's raining and it's raining. Yeah. I mean, the, what about the? I mean, did you get? I, I want to say leeches, mosquitoes, sand flies. What else? Yeah, the flies was a, a massive problem. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. Well, there was big. There was big ones as well. And the like, I didn't didn't have any names for them. Just large flies, large. And they would just they would literally draw blood from you. Um mosquitoes were just tenfold every day. You can hear them buzzing whilst you're in my hammock and you can they're getting right up against the the net and you, you can hear them. And yeah, that was in the day, it just kind of I just ended up getting used to them. I just carried on walking. I didn't even start swatting my head or nothing. Um and the last day I wore shorts because all the rest of my clothes was the only dry clothes and my expectation was it's going to be the last day now so I'm going to be as comfortable as I can try and build my morale but that was like I say rookie era um, <laughs> and they were just they, my legs was in tatters my hands was in tatters and you haven't got any you know tropical diseases yet you don't know if you come down nah, we, I've had nah, I've had blood tests I've had <laughs> blood tests like I do when I come back from Everywhere. wherever especially at, all the time I'll have blood tests but there's nothing Nothing mm. picked up. All right, that's okay. No, no leishmaniasis or no, any, no. particularly n- nasty <laughs> things. I'm, I hope you don't. I mean, they take a little bit of time to to appear, I but I hope it's nothing. God, so you know, okay. So you probably saw the clan. You're up there, and the, I mean, when and okay. Now I got what well, I was on your sort of let's say emergency call or check-in list i'm yeah. flattered to be so i won't don't know what i would have done if had, <laughs> had anything happened but i would have helped i got a message on twitter from one of your brothers i think yeah you know, have you heard from have you heard from dan this is sam i think his yeah. name is sam right is yeah. he a boxer yeah yeah the younger brother yeah he's a, it yeah. looks I, I checked out his twitter profile so it's yeah quite terrifying with all those tattoos um, <laughs> but i was like not just in my head i was like we could just send that guy down he'll sort them all out <laughs> but so i was on there and then you called me I, I can't remember what day it was like a monday i think you actually yeah. called me and said i'm i'm you know i've hit the hake river or whatever and i so i'll be at a community soon and you said worst thing i've ever done I think that's yeah. the words you said. And so yeah. really, really definitely the worst thing you've ever done. Yeah. As in like, I didn't enjoy one part of the journey the, at, at all. I'm glad I did it mm. over the moon. That it, it took so much of preparation, so much of my life, um, so much worry from family. But unless they pay me £20,000, I would not do that again. I wouldn't. And, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, and, and so we, we, we talked a little bit why you had to do it and so on. And... I mean, you're. I guess. I guess you're the first Brummy <laughs> or the first yeah. Brit to have done it. I mean, yeah. in all your research, apart from the local guys who obviously run it back and forth, who yeah. else? I mean, whose footsteps were you following in, or I, have you been charting something new? I think parts of parts of it. They're they're trotchers, Another new another new word that I learned. Uh, trotcher. Yeah, and, trotcher, uh, yeah. They're illegal routes back and forward and it's literally he's like no there's 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 there's, a, there's an influx of venezuelans now for the last year they're starting to go to the pacific side because the caribbean side is so chocker so mm-hmm. full up 
Yeah. Uh, so I think, I mean, I get messages on Instagram probably weekly from people that have seen me on YouTube asking me how I travel from the Darien on the mm-hmm. Pacific side. I can literally screenshot and people from back in the um, Syria, Sudan, um, and they're, they're asking me how I did it. So, and it's, I think it's going to go the same way as the, the Eastern side soon enough. But at the minute, um, I think he's, he said he's seen 30 people this year that have um, gone to that area to try and cross over. Um, and I don't know how successful it was, but you just, you see strewn bits of clothes. Like you've got, I found an ID as well and Venezuelan identification. Um, and okay, I, that's the only memory that I could bring back because the center front never let me bring my machete or my walking stick. They just <laughs> took it as So that's literally. So you've it. actually got the Venezuelan ID. Yeah, I have. Uh-huh. It's got it. Um, I mean, I I mean, I, I assume she's okay. I hope she's okay. Well, uh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, I hope she's okay. What's her name? Yeah. What's it? Hold it up again. What's her name? Yeah, yeah. What's it closer? There we are. So it's Mare de Gomez, Stephanie Daniela Mare de Gomez. Yeah, Married, yeah. born 29th of the twelfth, two thousand and four. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Thank you for uh, that. Oh, yeah. uh, but I mean, it, that's. People, I'm I'm terrified of losing my ID, and if I was Venezuelan, yeah. I'd be more so. So, one yeah. only can hope and pray that she did get across, because yeah. you know, give it. You were trained. I mean, you were carrying yeah. stuff like your hammock, mosquito net, your machete. Yeah. You had things, and you had a GPS, and and so on and so forth. These Venezuelans who are looking for a better life have nothing. Yeah. They take no. what they can on their back, and it's not a lot. No, and they in Hake at the end, a group, um, there was two of them that had been just put there for yeah. three, four months, had just been held there, mm-hmm. and they invited me to a little party. They were having a party. They, they, I think their mentality is it's like they've been held there, but they're so much happier. Mm-hmm. And they were just, they was enjoyed playing music, typical um, Latin culture. They're just partying, enjoying me, asking if I'm bored because I get to walking, doing paces around the town. I'm like, I'm like inviting me up to their balcony. <laughs> So, they yeah. must have just thought you were very strange as well. Yeah. Right? You know, that's, uh, this guy's done <laughs> yeah. this for pleasure uh, and for yeah. a challenge. Whereas we're, and so I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this. Now you've done it. You did the 50 miles up and yeah. down the Lomas. You really suffered. I think you're not going to do it again. But uh-huh. with with what end? I mean, what are you going to do? What, what, I mean, you took a lot of footage that, of course, we haven't yeah. seen. Is there a TV deal in the making? Yeah, so I've met up with um, National T- I- ITV here in the mm-hmm. UK, and they're going to, um, with the footage that I've got, it's probably about two and a half hours worth of footage, so it's about 80 gig I've got. So I've just constantly recorded loads of little bits, river crossings, snakes that I've come across, people that I've come across, interactions, and they said they can 100% do minimum two pieces out of it in like a new special, but they're trying to aim for three. Mm. Uh, but the part is, because I got abandoned by the guide as well on day two, it just he just said, I've got to go, I'll get arrested. And he said, at least we can do one part to when you got abandoned and then we can pull a cliffhanger saying, what happened now? Because I've got that on footage. But I couldn't really be grumpy with my guide because he'd just leave me in the jungle and not help me out in directions. I can't argue with my page to take me to show me where Hakka is and you're not showing me. I just pretended like I was cool and calm, but really I was in. I was in shock. Like, oh my gosh. No. So, <laughs> I, I mean, this guy, and I think I got his name from you, but I'm not, we're not going to say it. This guy said, I'm yeah. going to get in trouble. I'm going to get arrested. And he abandoned yeah. you 
like at the end of day one or the beginning of day two? Yeah, beginning of day two. He just said, I'm going. I've got to go. I will get arrested. I'm wanted in in Panama for trafficking and bringing to, like things over. I can't go no further. And I'm like, just show me Hake. Just show me Hake. It's not, I can't show you Hake. If you go down the hill, turn right at the river, follow the river, and that's the Hake River. I was like, all right, get bottom of the hill, turn right at the river. The river was going the wrong direction to start with. So I was lost in the jungle then. So then I followed the river probably seven miles down. And then I seen another cut into the jungle. And then I followed that then. And luckily, backtracking on my steps, following the river back and forward. Um, and that's when I said, I've got to, I've got to, because it was quite late, maybe four o'clock when I set camp. I don't want to be wandering around at night in the jungle. And I said, that's when I was all emotional. I was thinking, I need to get out tomorrow. I've got to. So I said, like, keep this 15 mile pace and I should be fine for regarding what the GPS says. Yeah. So, so you had to backtrack on that? Yeah, point. countless times when I got to the river. I had to, when I walked up the river, putting trust in the guide and it was going against the flow yeah. of, no, you need to follow the river to get to the coast. And it was just, it's not even a big river where I got to. Yeah. And it, the Hake River is huge. I was yeah. like, this can't be right. So it's like a tributary of the Hake River. Right. And I had to follow that and then cut back into the jungle. And luckily, I had machete. I had um, emergency day, emergency ration food, or I'd been in a, I'd be there now, still wandering around. <laughs> and when you say you got emotional, did you sort of just break down and cry, or I mean, yeah, what I think kind it's just like, yeah, I, 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 emotion. I don't deal with emotion as in like I don't feel like it benefits me. As in, like, I don't, I don't feel like emotion benefits me, so I try not to do it. But when you're there and I'm stuck, and mm. I was like, I've got to kind of really, then, yeah, just, hard. I mean, hard. And that, yeah. when you're when you're going up against this kind of geography, and of course the mental strength which is required. But let's talk about the geography again. I mean, how thick was it? I mean, where the, was the jungle? I know you were going through trochas, yeah. but on either side, was the jungle like impenetrable? Yeah, it was dense, um, huge trees, but there's like, there's there's little, like there's plants that will just cut you. There's like, they, I call it razor grass. It's probably the right term, really, mm. scientific, but it's, it's grass that is like a razor blade and your hands get caught. And last year I got caught in it doing like a um, walking just to from Horado. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this, this year I was just... It was it was terrible. My hands was in in ribbons. So the guy and also the so the guy abandoned you beginning of day two. So you had two yeah. days alone. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a serious test. I mean, not only yeah. I mean, I said physically, mentally, but did was there any uh, ever a moment you thought I'm going to turn around and go back? I think I think I couldn't. I think he couldn't quit that situation because as I I think in my mental. My mentality is like you either sit here and do nothing, and it's going to be the end of you, really, if you don't do nothing. But going back, it was probably longer mm. than continuing going forward, mm. really, as in like the distance that I've made. And then going back up them two hills, as in like them two llamas as well. I was like, I'd think it would have it would have took me to bits. But I was close in doing like the SOS on the PL on the locator beacon as well. I was I was I had it out, and I was like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but I get to the river and I see how I feel, and oh, then at the part where I just jump, I'm just sitting in the river, then just soaking, and I was like, ah, oh, water and food, and to see how I figure in two hours time. So if you'd hit the SOS beacon, would that go to the navy and that go to me? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it would have, but it wouldn't have worked 
simply because on my return, when I got back, there was only 11 coordinates that was mapped. So when I got back and got in touch with them, the technical thing, it was out for six days, that, that, that service. But I mapped it through my watch, my Garmin watch and my Garmin map as well. So the, the emergency locator beacon was, was defunct. And I've got that as like a chat, a chat transcript from Global Star saying it was, it was out in Panama and Colombia for six days from the 25th to the 31st. Or the the first of this month, and I was like, "Well, that when I'm trying, I'm I'm trying in the process of getting my money back there refund." <laughs> well, so hang on a second. It was out for the exact days that you were crossing. Yeah, yeah. It, what are the odds in that? You can laugh about it now. I mean, you can laugh about it, and I hope you get yeah. your money back because that's kind yeah. of incredible. And you want, your life is hanging in that. Yeah, and that's what my argument is. And you, that's why you only got one. I am sleeping here. Mm. That's one thing. And my two other people in the emergency thing, they only got one as well. And there was mm. panicking. And that's why like my brother was chasing you because I told him that I've got you and there's another person in the UK oh, yeah. um, that's got all the information, the insurance details. And and it was like, have you seen him? Have you seen him? Have you heard from him? And then, oh. yeah. Well, I got a message. And then, and then it, the next, I got a message from him. I guess it was day two. Yeah. And then I guess it was late or, or day four or day three that you you called me it was over breakfast yeah. and i was like looking at this number i was like what the hell is this and then i was, yeah, like, and then I was this, this birmingham accent that came through <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah and it's a new so so then i sent a message straight to your brother and just had just yeah. heard from him and you said i found that i can see i can see a boy fishing so yeah. i know the community is close yeah oh wow yes yeah. and so i've got that go all on that? I, yeah i shouted him yeah. yeah i shouted him and he was like cross the river cross the river and I'm like, the river, the Hake River, now bearing in mind, it's huge and it's normal to them. And I've just walked four days in the jungle. I mean, I'm shattered. And I did try and cross the river. And the only time I dropped my bag without the plastic covering, because I thought I put, I thought I wasn't even thinking I was making silly mistakes. I was that tired. I was just not thinking. I didn't put my head on my shoulder and think, oh, I'll put the black bag on that because I've got the drone, I've got the satellite, I've got everything in there. And I dropped in the river like that. I just went mad. I went, for four days, no problem. But now I've got a problem. Mm. And he's like, okay, I'll go and get a pierogue. I said, okay. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's it. You were that tired that the silly yeah, mistakes yeah. were coming in. And you, yeah, yeah. an error, dropping your bag in, and, and I, that's mm. it. It's, that, that goes a long way to show how, how tough it really was. Yeah. Now, you've mentioned ITV, and there might be some news pieces out on. But what's, the, the again, the end game of doing this? You want to become... I, I guess it's sort of like an expeditioneer. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I, I, I enjoy it all. I'm always thinking of the next the next trip or the next challenge, so to speak. Mm. I think I want to keep my Spanish, because I haven't used it for two weeks since being back. Because I've only been back, what, nearly three weeks now. And I'm going to get back on my lessons, make sure I'm still talking Spanish every single day. But this, um, it's going to be a Spanish-speaking country um, or even just somewhere crazy like Papua New Guinea or Pakistan or just somewhere that we can just notch it up just a little or a flat area where there's lots of jungle (laughs) but i I mean but are you you want jungle what about high altitude or what about desert area i mean just or jungle yeah i think i I enjoy i think my interest comes with the animals and stuff of the jungle i think desert is a whole new challenge i think places like everest as brilliant and as difficult as altitude training altitude expeditions are i feel there's a blueprint for them mm. there's like there's a way to do it if you want to go mount everest and you got the money to do it you're going to do mount everest and you can't take the challenge away because that's like, it's a graft and it's 
mm. as in like so it's an aim for uh, loads of people but i think there's just a way to do it so why do it that's, so, that's I mean, my logic i no, i understand what you're saying i mean it's 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 done isn't it it's not it, mm-hmm. people do it and sign up for it but i mean obviously it's a huge challenge so it's going to be jungle yeah. you want to notch it up a bit i wonder what's harder um one of my listeners <laughs> said oh you know he, he likes dangerous stuff. Uh, he, you know, recommend Eastern Yemen. Please don't. Please don't go to Eastern <laughs> Yemen. It was a joke, uh, but mm-hmm. it's, and I'm not taking responsibility for that. But you okay. want a Spanish-speaking, a Spanish-speaking place, okay? Yeah, well, there's, a, there's a little small country in Africa that speaks Spanish, and there's not much known about that. I think it's Guinea-Bissau. Yeah, uh, it's the only African Spanish-speaking African country. Yeah. So. And the Western Sahara area, they would speak Spanish, wouldn't they? Because oh, okay. it, it did have it did have a Spanish um, a colonial, I think. So I think yeah, there would be some it. Spanish, but it's again, it's a Sahara, yeah. so it's different. But I mean, there's so many things. And uh, you did mention quickly the the animals. You saw snakes. Yeah. What else? Yeah. What kind of snakes? I think it was a viper. So I've got that on footage, and this was only on this was on the morning of the second day, uh-huh. and it was only small, and I wouldn't have spotted it. I would not have spotted it, and the guy. This, an hour just before we left he's like oh snake snake should i kill it i'm like no don't kill it don't kill it because that's just what they do they just they do, yeah. straight away and i was like no no so i've got it all on footage him telling asking me to kill him but yeah i've got the camera really close to it and it's just there flicking its tongue there and i haven't properly watched my footage mm. because it's such a high bit rate that my my laptop doesn't play it yet but on mm. a, a, a higher end laptop i was um like the itv team i met a few last week playing brilliantly so i'm yeah. gonna watch it all properly without Is converting it, it and compressing yeah. the quality was it venomous yeah yeah it would have uh, he, like i said bothrops aspas so it's further land story um yeah. culebra he called it culebra but um yeah. you had you had snake bite kit with you yeah well it's different it's hard i think antivenom you can't carry antivenom you have to buy antivenom in the uk you need a poisons license but it don't last very long um but there's different first aid do different snakes and that would have just added best way to prevent it get away don't let it happen when you get bit by uh, a viper further lance you can't you can't put pressure on it you have to because it, it's a it's a it's a corrosive so to speak it right your flesh you get bit by a coral snake and a lapid species and it's different um process but you get bit by a boss rocks or a coral, coral snake in the jungle probably not much you're going to be able to do i don't think did you see yes yeah, scorpions spiders on the night you can just see all the little eye shines you can hear um in one of the videos, like the roar of something, and it's either a peccary or a jaguar. Uh-huh. And I don't know, I'm going to send it to somebody to give me some sort of... It's a big difference, though, the peccary and a yeah. jaguar. But you don't want to meet them peccaries? Or, no. Well, no. No, no. no, I was in the jungle in Caqueta in southern Colombia, and where we were camping one night, and there was something sniffing around the camp. There was mm. something that came around. Fortunately, I just went... I'm just going to close my eyes and yeah. I went to sleep because I'm amazing at sleeping. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's one of my superpowers. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't do what you've done. And I am pleased that you've done it, that you're not going to do it again. You didn't become yeah. a statistic that we had mm-hmm. to then, I had to, you know, I didn't have to then, you know, be a, a guest ex- expert on news shows saying, well, yeah, Daniel was in touch. Uh, yeah. I tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> He'd done that. Yeah. So please be careful. And I w- hope, and all the best for this next uh, whatever you do next and ITV. One more question though: You got out yeah. on the Panama side, yeah. And of course, I mean, you you have to sort of uh, what is it? Do immigration or whatever? What did they say to you? Because you they treated 
sorry, yeah, they treated me like a criminal. As soon as I seen them yeah. in the footage, they, I've got, they literally, I, they, they stripped me off clothes, bag, everything. They stripped me, and then they treat me like a criminal for maybe an hour, two hours. But my legs, my feet are bleeding. I've lost toenails, mm. and I mean, shattered all my clothes are soaked through. And he's just, he's not caring. I'm trying to drink my water. He's telling me to put it down, and then he. After he realised I was just, um, I said, you need to look up my website, you need to do this, you need to do that, not interested. And afterwards, he then, they realised and they brought another centre front guy who's learning English. So yeah. I was speaking to him in English. And then they dressed me up again, told me to put everything back in my bag and walk in as if I've just walked in. Then they started videoing me and rec- um, taking pictures as like I was a celebrity. And I've got that because <laughs> I put the camera here all the time. So yeah. as I've clicked it, he's there directing me how to walk snapping <laughs> pictures away oh yeah well, i think and you need to use that, that part don't you You need to use that yeah. part, which is kind of comical that they've then yeah restaging your entry <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um, yeah. so yeah you see that's the thing and you did i don't assume you didn't have a like an exit stamp from columbia either so that, no i know no yeah. They was on. They. I was worrying about that, so I was looking for a flight to get back out of Panama. Yeah, I was trying to go to Mexico, or but the flights were extortion because I don't have the yeah. COVID vaccine. It was hard to go to the US. You can't go to the US without it. So then I had to pay fifteen hundred quid for a flight from Panama to Bogota, twenty hours layover in Bogota, and from Bogota to London. And they didn't even look in my passport, and I was panicking about that. Mm. They didn't even look in my passport. I even got an exit stamp actually exiting Colombia from Bogota. It just ushered us all through because I don't know what was happening, but they didn't even look what I was worried about that. Yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, yeah. because it, it, as you didn't get an exit stamp to go into Panama, then really, I mean, I guess they still had you listed as being in Colombia. So, yeah. you know, on the online and the migration website, Migración, probably you didn't ring any bells, which is very uh, much yeah, in your yeah. in your favor because they can yeah. be pretty tough uh yeah. definitely I'm really worried about that yeah so now again finishing up we're going to see you then on itv yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or and some other places and then you hope i guess you hope to make a living from this yeah like i say i um i hopefully get some i have written one book about the one guy on expedition that i did do um, and that pays my drone insurance now just the royalty from that nice six quid a month mm-hmm. pays my drone insurance um <laughs> so hopefully um i'll get another one uh but it's, it's, a, it's a hard task writing a book i'll have to get someone involved yeah definitely well listen daniel again Thank you for what considering me as a person for as a point for contact. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we have been someone a champion, if not the most positive champion, but we've been a champion <laughs> of your expedition. And I'm glad you made it through. And I'm glad, you know, it's an experience now f- from which you grow and you obviously learn from it. Yes. And to have been abandoned the two days is something else. I mean, yeah. I don't even know. Like you said, it was emotional. I can only, um, I, I, no, in fact, I can't even imagine. I'm, I'm trying to picture, I've got pictures in my mind from your social media clips, but to be doing it yourself, because yeah. you know, it always looks like you're accompanied, because I know you've got like a, I guess you've got the sort of selfie stick or whatever you're yeah. recording on. So it always looks like there's someone there with you, but there's not. I mean, that's no. it. It's you, you it's, alone. Yeah. When the, the footage comes out and it's structured into a bit more creative than what I can do, you can see, like, it, it brings it puts the story into context mm, or the, the trip into context. All right. Well, uh, listen, tell what's your Instagram so people can follow on it. So, my Instagram is just my name, Daniel Leggington. Yeah. And which I'm most active on. Twitter is the opposite, it's Eggington Daniel. 
Mm-hmm. And I, like I say, I, I, I do use Instagram more than Twitter mm-hmm. just because it's much more user-friendly, I think. Pictures yeah, focused. Pictures. And yeah. so people, you can follow it in there. And of course, you'll be, you'll be releasing little by little more yeah. uh, clips from the journey. And uh, of course, we, we hope to see further adventures and details of what's coming up next, because you're certainly carving out an interesting life for yourself doing these things. Uh, I, I'm not jealous, though. You, you, I'll leave it to you. <laughs> I'll leave it to you. But so thank you so much for, for sharing this uh, experience, which, of course, which was, you know, has been a challenge, no doubt about it. But thank you. This has been the third time you've been on the show. You yeah. made it third time lucky. Um, well, oh, done. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Well yeah. <laughs> done. Listen, and, and please, always, always, you know, think about, the security of it all think about uh, and and i'm not recommending at no point am i recommending here on the on the podcast that anyone should do this either it's a daniel spent years researching this and had two false starts before his final one and it also got tricky so daniel thank you again for your time appreciate it richard yeah real pleasure we've been talking to daniel eggington explorer uh Conquered, I guess we could say, conquered the Pacific side of the Darien Gap. This has been the Columbia Calling Podcast. We'll go over to our sponsors. And of course, be sure to listen again next week. We'll be talking to more people, Columbia-related stories. Thank you and bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean. Since 1967, their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. And also, our other sponsor is BNB Colombia Tours, experts in custom-made travel throughout Colombia. The team at BNB Colombia Tours can provide you with fantastic private experiences, creating wonderful memories of Colombia for a lifetime. Check out the website at bnbcolombia.com, complete the free itinerary form, and tell them that Colombia Calling sent you to receive a further 5% off their already great prices. So that's bnbcolombia.com and, of course, latinnews.com. Thank you for everyone for listening. That's us. Farewell. And, of course, check back next week. Bye-bye.